Okay, so I hadn't talked about this before because I didn't know if it was really true or if it was confirmed to be true or it's a big deal. But um, lately things have been seeming like they're coming into perspective. Like people have been telling me a lot of this stuff that I was like doubting and questioning really was happening, really was true. So I'm just gonna give it the benefit of the doubt. But the same at the same time, at the same time, um, at the same time. I'm still giving that the benefit of the doubt that, you know, these things I was questioning really were true. But a while back, I see Marcus Rogers post a video on it, and it, like, it seemed like they reported it, took it down or something. But, um, a while ago, during COVID, Brittany Griner got arrested, you know, in Russia, I believe. And her wife posted a picture the next day, like, oh, she made it home. She made it home safe. They released her. And I just remember in the spirit, I feel like I checked with Brittany Griner. And she was like, no, I'm still locked up. And I was like, why your wife say that you, she posted a picture saying that she was free. Her wife was white. I don't know if it matters, but I don't know. I was just suspicious of it. And I didn't say much, but um, she was like, I don't know why she's posting that. She had no rec. She had no she didn't know at all that the po- that th- that she had made this this post, and I don't know if it's still up, but it was literally like a day after they posted that she was arrested trying to leave Russia. If it was Russia, if I'm not mistaken, and um, her wife posted that she made it there safe and that they let her out, and posted a re- it seemed like a recent picture, but then I saw weeks later that she was still locked up in Russia and that they was refusing to let her out, and then that that conversation. It hit me. It was like that conversation hit me. It was like, um, dang, she did say that she was still locked up, but her wife posted a picture and said she was just released. And it looked like a recent picture, but it must have been an old one. It was crazy. It's like I was talking to people who knew her and everything. Like, oh, no, that picture is old. That picture is from months ago when we had a dinner and different things like that. And I was like, so why would they be saying, why would her wife post a picture saying that she's out when she's still locked up? And how come she has no idea that she's posting saying that she's out and she's still locked up in Russia? And why would they lock her up in Russia anyways trying to leave? And why was she trying to leave? And all of it seemed so suspicious, so suspicious. And it was on my heart for a while because I felt for her. And I didn't talk about it and I didn't make a big deal about it because... I didn't know if I was if I was like like tripping because this conversation kind of happened like on a slide. It kind of happened real quick because it was so much stuff going on and then nobody expect for me to care. And if I'm not focusing super, if I'm not super focusing or making a big deal out of something, not really a big deal, but just like looking into it. A lot of times this like it it's not a lot of times, but sometimes these individuals that are watching me, it will go unnoticed. And that's one of the conversations that sort of kind of went unnoticed, even though they started looking to it with me when I really start like taking, you know, I really start taking some sort of alarm when she said she was really locked up. So they started trying to lie to me. You're not talking to Brittany Griner. That wasn't really Brittany Griner. She didn't say that. You know, um, she does talk to her wife and different things like that. 
it was so suspicious because I think I even started trying to like see where her um, wife like why she posted the picture saying she was free when she was really locked up and she wouldn't say anything and then I was actually even trying to look into it with Brittany Griner like you know um well, did you think, would you say that this is race related or would you, what would you feel like they would be locking you up for, you know, and then saying you're out? And I didn't want to bring up the fact that she was like with a white woman, but I was wondering if it had anything to do with race or anything like that. It seemed as if she was possibly saying, yeah, and a lot, probably even something to do with the fact that, you know, there are agendas going on right now during COVID. And maybe she knew something. She was trying to get out. I don't know. She didn't really tell me a lot. Like I said, it was a quick conversation. I didn't look into it really deep. But I, I, did, I did think that that was suspicious, but I didn't want to draw any more attention to her because I don't trust police stations and I don't trust, you know, people are people who are locked up. And around the time, you know, and even still now, it was just so many people watching me and so much attention being drawn to the situation, especially concerning like with LeBron James being in the NBA, different, you know, associates concerning the NBA and WNBA. I didn't want to start making a big deal out of it. And then she become, you know, um, unsafe in that environment. So I didn't really look into it more. And then later I just wanted to, you know, completely let it go. Because also at the same time, in the midst of everything, there's this kind of like spiritual battle where there's so many individuals that want me to you kind of like disregard white people and they don't really want white people to go to heaven like they think that it's all black heaven and all white people are going to hell and because i believe that that's not true and i actually want to still keep fighting for white people to be raptured these individuals sometimes a lot of times look for reasons to try and call me like a white people lover or like i want to be white or i'm kind of like you know, trading or two-timing my people. And so I do want to take interest in these, I, I care about these race-related issues and different things like that concerning our people, especially when we're locked up for suspicious reasons. A lot of times it comes along with different things, different agendas. And this may have even been, a, you know, very well related to the spiritual issues the spiritual thing, the things that were going on in the spirit and maybe things she may have been trying to expose about, you know, agendas on our people, you know, the genocide, the committing genocide, the mass, the mass agenda to commit genocide through our people from, you know, NBA to rappers to entertainment industry as a whole. It's a whole entire agenda to make, you know, little black children believe that that's their only way out. When you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be a social worker, you can be a nurse, you can be all these other things. And it's like a mass agenda to continuously commit genocide on our people. And that's what the Lord has been telling me NBA Youngboy is doing. And LeBron, he's worked very hard to be where he is with God. But still, at the same time, I wonder if he may have a lot in common with that, especially being, you know, a head NBA star. So we all know how all the little kids growing up in the hood think my only way out is either to play ball or to become this sort of rapper or actor or famous person. And people think that, of oh, course, it's obvious that's an agenda, you know? And it's, and it's obvious that that's messed up, that it seems like it's the only way out. But it seems like it's really just a release and a... um. It, it seems like it's just it's, it's better for them to get into these activities instead of 
turning to the streets because it's saving their lives. But in reality, you know, when they push this agenda that that's the only way out and a lot of people start to put their eggs in the basket of one a million chances, you know, it becomes deeper, deep seated in deep, deeper rooted in like witchcraft, satanic agendas and selling your soul to the devil. And I didn't want to associate all of this with her. And I didn't want to make this a big deal. Like I said, it seems it tends to put people in danger when they're already, you know, kind of like locked up in environments that may not even all the way necessarily be in their favor. So, um, you know, it's amazing because around that time, it was really a conversation about, you know, WNBA players being shipped overseas because I was watching Love and Basketball, and it was just something I was looking into for a second. Like, are there any American WNBA teams? Of course, it is. I don't know. You know, I think that it is, but I don't know. I I haven't really looked into the WNBA enough either. But um, it made me feel like it's so much more that we don't even know. I mean, looking into it a little bit, I found that. In the NBA, they actually have different treatments and different things that they do for NBA players that they could be doing for the WNBA, but they don't because they want the men to be better. And I, I just I only, only you know, skimmed over that for a second because I felt like, you know, it was something kind of interesting, kind of funny about how it's a WNBA instead of just an NBA National Basketball Association instead of Women's National National Basketball Association which kind of, you know, maybe have hit home a little bit with the fight and the battle that I'm going through with being the only woman in this position, you know, ever. And it's a new position above these men that are giving me a difficult time about it. And, you know, I've always wondered, like, why WNBA as if a woman's basketball player can't be as good as a male and they can't play and it can't be a, you know, um, male and female game. It doesn't have to be specified WNBA, and oftentimes WNBA is not getting enough exposure. They don't really get to play in America. They're not getting the same pay, different things like that. So I just wondered about it, and I've been wondering about it since I was a child. I felt like it's this, you know, constant discrimination and segregation because that's still segregating, segregation between male and female, and, you know, it's just, I don't want to say we're living in a world now that women can do everything men can do because we've always kind of been living in a world like that. What, when did it ever, when was it ever specified that, you know, women couldn't, you know, hang with the guys? I understand that they're built, their their bodies are built stronger and it may be, a, you know, rougher on a woman's body, but if she's good enough, then she's good enough. So I just always wondered about that. And I wondered if I could change that, you know, in my lifetime, like, I always just wanted to see NBA, you know, not WNBA separated, you know. And it seemed like they don't really do that with any other sport. But um, I felt I just feel the discrimination. I feel like the the male. I feel like it's just a lot of testosterone, testosterone surrounding that whole situation, and the like, just all of it. I didn't really want to bring it up to LeBron because, I don't know, I, I feel like I kind of skimmed past that and kind of just brought it up maybe in passing, not even on a serious note, and kind of got a, a gist of his idea of that. And I feel like already, to be quite honest, it seems that he's kind of discriminatory towards women in so-called male positions. But um, 
I didn't want to make a big deal. I don't want to make make a big deal because that's his job, that's his career. And if I had made it seem as if he was super discriminatory, or wasn't, you know, open to seeing women's NBA players in, you know, NBA, that that would be like delving into political things that could possibly, you know, tarnish his name. And I wasn't trying to do it, do that. You know, these things that are going on personally about sexual assault and things like that oftentimes are really brushed off and it doesn't mean that you know I'm not taking it seriously but it's like I don't know that's some that's something personal that would have been like would you what do you have to do with that anyways I don't know but I dreamed of a world where girls can play in the NBA and get paid the same amount and be just as good because I've always just dreamed of seeing a girl that's so good she ball on all the guys in the NBA and nobody is hating on her. Nobody is, you know, she can hang. I just I just always dreamed of seeing stuff like that. But um, I know it might be off topic, but concerning these things, you know, I just really didn't want to delve into it too much, you know, considering the surroundings and, you know, the agenda on trying to, you know, somehow prove that I'm, you know, not really caring for my people or not really considering what's going on with my people considering like prejudice and, and race because I don't even want to bring it up anymore the Lord has told me not to even touch on race related subjects as much as possible though I found out Jesus recently I found out Jesus is black he's telling me not to really touch on those subjects because they're touchy and um also there's like this bribe they've been trying to bribe me to like kind of like you know They've been, in a way, it was almost like a bribe or some sort of like option that's kind of like switch teams. Like, if you were, you know, really delving into the fact that Jesus was black and it's an all black heaven, then maybe you would have less of an issue concerning, you know, reaching your destiny and the problems that you go through trying to get, you know, progress done, trying to make progress. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not selling out white people. You know, not even for my people. And I love my people. And I love that I found out Jesus was black. It really broke chains off my heart and truly gave me a deeper understanding of who I am. But, and where we come from, and that the Bible is black history. And it just made so much sense. It just made my life make sense. But that is not a reason to discriminate against another race because of their color. We will be doing the same thing right back. Like, all that pain I felt when I realized that that had been kept from me. You know, it felt that it had been kept from me my whole life. 22 years on this earth, I found out I was 23, that, you know, Jesus is black. 23 years on this earth. And, you know, I'm just now finding out, like, that's hurt, that's pain. I feel like I could have known my whole life. I could have been more in tune with myself. I could have been working hard. This progress could have been done. Though God is making these 20 years, you know, speeding it up and making this progress happen in two to three years. He's such an amazing God. He's making up for all of this time. He's restoring all of this time, you know, that I haven't known who I was. But, you know, regardless of people's opinions on that, I don't feel like that's a reason to push an agenda that all white people are going to hell because that's absolutely untrue and it sounds extremely hateful. It just seems hateful and prejudiced and 
we do not serve a prejudiced, hateful God. The Bible says that Jew, Gentile, Greek, whatever you are, all are one in Christ. So there is a heaven that is full of all different races because we're all God's children. There's no way God would send all other races to hell because they're not black. And there's no way that, you know, heaven is only black. There's no way that heaven is segregated. Like, that's something that people do. We divide each other, you know, and divided we are conquered easily. And division is just another tactic of Satan. It's just more hatred being spread. But yes, we do suffer a lot of things at the hands of different races because of our color. But oftentimes, when you pay attention to the Bible, which is what I've been learning lately, it's all in Isaiah. These are the plagues. These are the plagues of Israel for not keeping our promise and not keeping the Ten Commandments. We cannot blame that on race. We cannot blame the other races. Because when we're being who we're supposed to be and keeping a promise to God and, you know, keeping our covenant with him, we are to lead each and every single last other nation. And we're not acting like leaders. So this is why we're in a position that we're in. We're less than every other nation. We're lost. We don't know who we are. We are hateful and divided because of breaking our promise to God. So it's really not because of them. We can't blame them and take it out on them, though it seems unfair that we end up in the situations that we end up in, struggling, poor, you know, dead in jail, less opportunities, you know, a lot of different things like that. But as I said, I they, like on multiple occasions, like maybe once or twice, no, multiple occasions, they've tried to bribe me to you know, push this agenda of an all black heaven. Now, I can believe that people really believe that, you know, for a second, I was like, you know what? It's amazing how when I found out Jesus was black, all this information came rushing in. Change broke off my heart. My whole life almost started to make sense. Who I am started to make sense. Jesus started to make sense and seemed way more real. I mean, he is real, but it just made sense. And, you know, the idea of an all black heaven, it really just felt like it just felt right. It felt right. And it felt like, man, that's amazing. And that feels like it's almost more true than the lie. But it's a lie. It's deceptive, you know. I don't know if this was heaven that I visited at this time, but it felt like I was visiting heaven. I was in the spirit. I was in, and I, I was told this is heaven. There were white people and they were working at KFC. So, um, yeah, there's a KFC in heaven, you know, different things like that. It's like, it's just, it, heaven is so mass and so large that there's all kinds. Of, it's just regular, it's just like regular life in heaven, you know, and I'm not trying to be funny. Like this is a real vision. I don't know for a fact that it was heaven, but I think that that's what they told me. I'm like, where am I? And this guy, he was like, you're in heaven. And I wanted to ask him, like, when did you die? Because he was so young and he was a cable man. But um, he took care of me, you know. I had to hide out because, you know, it is possible for them to storm heaven, which, of course, has just come into play recently as well because um, little Dirk, he stormed heaven and I asked him how he got up there and he said the birds created a stairway to heaven for him and death took him to heaven and stormed heaven to harm my family that was in heaven to somehow hinder my destiny 
And, you know, when he got there, death switched on him. He turned on him and he said, do you see the type of things he would really be trying to do? And, you know, God called him out because he slept Dirk because Dirk was so aggressive. And he was like, I don't know, he said something like, this what we doing. And we about to do all of this and do all of that like he had a plan. And God slept him and he was slumped over on his knees. Because he, he, he had to, like, he was pulled to his knees in God's presence. Even though the angel of death stood beside him. And um, he was slumped over on his knees. And I think I saw my sister intercede for him. And she said, can't you see how death is controlling him? That's not even him. He's not conscious. He's not even aware that he's not aggressive like that. That's not him. And um, the Lord said, you know, he he, he excused that. Then that's when I saw India. and Because I, I didn't at first know it was dirt. It was white from my memory for a second. But then I saw when I saw India reaching for him and like saying, no, it was me. I did everything. It was all me. I did it. You know, I realized who that was. But um, concerning that, you know, heaven is so mass. He- heaven is so large. And we are under a strong deception believing that heaven would ever be segregated and only black people will go in every other race or all white people aren't going to hell. That's not true. A lot of us are in hell. A lot of us are in hell. And, you know, I've seen you know, a version of hell where we are all enslaved to white people. Every black person is enslaved to white people. And we're like their little housemaids or sex slaves or whatever they decide to do with us. And so it kind of makes you want to encourage the fact that all white people are going to hell, but you have to be very careful to separate bitterness, resentment, and misery when concerning these issues with God, because he's love. And when you accept and understand love and operate in love, then you know that God would never send an entire race to hell just because of what, you know, some people think is okay or because of the consequences of sin. If you dedicate your life to God, if you give your life to God, if you fight towards God and you apply his word to your life and to your heart and you become a representative, build up your rapport with him. And earn your way into heaven. He's not going to turn you away because you're a certain race or color. He loves his children. So I never sided with it. I never thought that that was okay. But, you know, I kind of get a lot of hate from it from my people. A lot of times they're like, um, you are a traitor. Like, you just want to be white so bad. I don't know why you don't use the power that you have over these white people to like abuse them and enslave them like they have enslaved us or take advantage of them or get your revenge on them like what type of sense does that make what type of sense does that make why would the lord ever put us in a position of leadership when we would abuse all the other nations just because we can like we a lot of times we as people we have an issue with power and abuse of it and this is why he's never going to give it to someone who can't handle it And someone who can't handle it is someone who cannot operate in love and abide in love and think about things in a loving way and not a hateful way. You cannot come from a place of hate when leading a people because you will lead them astray and the blind can't lead the blind. So a lot of us are blinded by hate. 
many individuals tried to influence me to do that. It was pressure, it was temptation, and there's always pressure and temptation to do many things, and I have to fight these different things, and it feels like, well, if you're doing other things, why not do that? What's so big deal? Like, if you're going to have to answer the other sin, why not answer to that sin? At least that sin feels like it's worth it, and you're going to regret not taking the opportunity to get your revenge when you could have. And he's going to leave you behind anyways. You're not even going to, you're not even going to make it to heaven or in a rapture. And um, I just don't care. You know, of course, if it mattered that I was going to be left behind or go to hell anyways, when he first told me I was going to hell five years ago, I could have gave up right then. And I could have said, well, then what's the point of praying to you? But instead, I said, no, I, I thirst and I hunger for your truth and your knowledge. Even if I never make it into heaven, I just want to know the truth. I hunger for the truth. I want to I want to grow in God. I want to grow in you. I want to know more about this Bible. And so he gave me this assignment. And upon completion, I will enter heaven. And there's no way that I'm going to complete this assignment by having hatred towards anybody. It doesn't matter the color. So that just seems nearly impossible. Though though God can make impossible possible, he's transforming me and the version of myself that I've seen is aware, is awake. And these deceptions of Satan are no longer existent. And the deception of Satan is divisive tactics. We are together, whole of people, together. We need each other. We got to work together. We got to all abide in love. You can't want to see nobody go to hell because of the things you've gone through. You have to heal from all of that. And allow God to heal you. And this is why a lot of people don't want to believe in Jesus at all. Because he teaches love and healing and forgiveness. And a lot of people don't want to, you know, do that work. They don't want to let things go. They they still want to stand by the Old Testament that says an eye for an eye. You know, but a lot of times it does have a lot to do with keeping the Sabbath. But as I've said, you know... We only make it into heaven by God's goodness alone. And without Jesus, you will not get in. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're not going anyways. And a lot of these different individuals that were trying to encourage me, you know, to believe in an all-black heaven don't believe in Jesus Christ. They believe he was just a prophet, not the son of God, who died on the cross and was resurrected three days later. And a lot of times these people believe this because he did not keep the Sabbath. But Jesus came back and he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Instead of an eye for an eye, forgive your brother 70 times seven in one day. A lot of people are lazy. They don't want to do that work. They don't want to forgive their brother, keep fighting for their people and love people instead of hate them. So they just decide that they want to do away with Jesus as a whole and not believe in him. But you will never get to God or in heaven without Jesus Christ. I won't say never because God, he works in mysterious ways and... If you deserve to be there and he decides that he's, he's the perfect judge, he's a judge concerning that. But the Bible says no one comes to the father except through Jesus. He is the mediator between God and man. So without Jesus, a lot of times you're seeing the way you behave and the things that you feel that you understand when you don't. Those things are, you know, like you don't have Jesus as your lawyer to Help God to understand the temptations that you face because Jesus overcame temptation and came down here in a flesh body. So he understands temptation. He understands you and why you did the things that you did. You are actually cheating yourself out of an opportunity, you know, for Jesus to defend you based off an understanding of what it's like to be a man and face the temptation that you face. Because nobody falls 
short of sin, all fall short of the glory of God. You are a sinner and you don't want to receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ. You know, it's just, you know, God will understand that you were deceived by Satan. He will understand the deception concerning those things. But um, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. You're going to have to meet him one way or another. You should get to know him now. So, um, as I said, it, it was a whole thing concerning that, and I didn't make a big deal out of it. But, you know, with her posting the video about the change she's been in and different things like that, even though it seems that she's at home, and I'm like, you know, well, maybe she really did come back the next day. But she was saying she's still locked up because she can't leave Russia or she can't, she's on house arrest or something. I don't know. But I could have sworn that post said, you know, she came to America. She got back the next day to America. You know, she got back on her flight. I'm like, they didn't even keep her overnight or anything. Like, maybe overnight, but she was right there the next day. I know I'm not crazy. I saw this post, but I don't think it exists anymore. I feel like it was deleted as a whole, even though it was an old picture. and Like, it was sort of confirmed in a way that was kind of weird to me. But, um, yeah, she posted like it was a recent picture and everything. Like, they went to dinner that night. But, um, maybe that may have had something to do with this agenda on our people. You know, the satanic agenda on our people. Even though it's a divisive tactic of Satan, these they still do have agendas, you know, on black people. You know, to keep us from knowing who we are. To keep us from waking up. Because we are the leader. We are the leading nation. We're the holy nation. We're the chosen people. When we wake up, everybody else wakes up as well. And we all know who God is. And then it leaves little to almost no, you know, place or position for Satan to move and maneuver throughout our people. Sowing division, stealing, killing, destroying, sowing discord, discord and teaching hate, encouraging hate. So... I've seen it when we are behaving how we are supposed to. We're keeping the covenant. We're keeping the promises when we are operating in love and our hearts aren't hardened and the chains and the dark tar comes off our hearts and our minds and are keeping us, you know, blocking all of our senses, our brain, our eyes, our nose, our mouth, our, 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 our field, our hearing. It's like black tar over our heads. It's a demonic presence. When it comes off of us, we are woke. We know who we are. We operate totally different. We operate in love. It's no it's no room for doubt or confusion or, you know, lack of confidence in God. When we behave in that way, when we're operating in that way, we lead every other nation. Yes, we have personal meetings with God because we are the chosen nation in direct contact with him. And then we go and we lead the rest of the nations. But that's what it seems that I saw because I saw all black people. But um, at the same time, you know, these these all white people aren't going to hell. All Mexican people aren't going to hell. All um Asian people aren't going to hell. All Arab people aren't going to hell. It it's just God is he's like. I know that I've seen a different side of God in this process. He even said it to me. He said. You've seen a different side of me. You've never had to see this side of me before. I'm learning God on an entirely new level. And it may take for me to truly understand who God is by the end of this process in order for me to truly, 
you know, progress and become who I'm destined to be. But I still don't believe that all white people are going to hell. I don't believe all other races are going to hell. It just doesn't make sense. Jesus Christ came down personally to deliver my sister and her child. And her child is half, you know, uh, Hispanic. So what type of sense does that make? Jesus, Jesus loves her baby. You know, would Jesus come down to deliver her child and give her an opportunity at a life and give her an opportunity at eternal salvation? If, of course, he was planning to send her to hell anyways. I don't know the answer for sure, but I don't think so. As the Bible says, Jesus loves everybody. He died for everybody. Everybody. And even though 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died, it was a very big chance and great chance it was only black people. Each and every single last one of us are God's children. The Bible is black history, but each and every single last one of us are God's children. So, um, never would I ever, you know, accept that. And then why, why, if you believe in God and you believe in Jesus and you believe in eternal salvation, you believe in our future, why do you need for me to somehow abandon white people in order for you to support the progress that's being made in our people. Like, it's still progress being made in our people. If you love our people and you truly believe in this future prophecy that the Lord has shown you and what he's doing through me and what he's doing through us, why does it take for you to, you know, need to see certain things happen a certain kind of way in order for you to jump on board? You're supposed to support your people now. Even though I understand the answer to that question may be very clear, we're not all living the way we're supposed to. You can't support sin. You have to hate sin but love people. A lot of times you cannot stand behind certain people's lifestyles and things they believe. Sometimes it may feel as if it's lukewarm and you're not where you need to be with God. And sometimes when it feels as if you've been awakened and then you fall back into a slumber behind different things that may not necessarily be in accordance to what it seems has been revealed to you, some people may feel as if you've already made your choice and you don't have really much of a chance. But absolutely not. You know, I don't believe that Jesus is going to send all white people or all other races to hell and the heaven is just as mass and as, you know, as large as heaven is that only black people are there. No. I don't believe that. You know, I haven't visited heaven, you know, I visited heaven in in the mansion that the Lord had given my family. But um, it was only my family there. So I hadn't seen white people in heaven. But, you know, I've seen the testimonies of other people saying they visit heaven and their family was there. And, you know, Jesus showed up as white at one point because he said it was more comfortable. He shows up for what's more comfortable for you. Jesus looks like every man to have ever existed. That means white people, too. Every man to have ever existed is not every black man to have ever existed. He never specified that, though he is black. So he shows up as many colors. Sometimes he'll show up white. He'll show up, you know, black. He'll show up gold. Jesus, he's God. He's omnipresent. He can be, he is whatever he decides to be. So I didn't abandon white people in 
you know, I just feel like I've been these individuals who, you know, wanted me to choose that side. I feel like they've even been giving me a hard time and trying to kind of push me out of the position that the Lord has called me into and trying to make progress harder for me. And now it's just so difficult because, you know, I see them laughing in my face and oftentimes they are behaving in a manner where it's like, you know, we would have been able to help you, but that's not now this is what you get and they're pretty much, you know, bragging about how they are, you know, making it harder for me, giving me a harder time as if it's it as if it isn't already hard enough. And that right there, as I said, is an indication of hatred. That's not love. That's not walking in love. You know, the Bible says you do not do anything to cause your brother or sister to stumble. So how are you you know, make giving me a hard time, creating extra hindrances, delays, and setbacks on the destiny, you know, in order to wake our people up. Like, that just doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. And that's how you know you're operating from a spirit of resentment and misery and bitterness. And that's what Jesus can do for you. He calls you away from that. He heals you. He completes you. And it feels as if a lot of people are not truly trying to be as Christ, as, as Christ-like be Christ-like and be more Christ-like and live more Christ-like lives. So I don't even agree with that, though I understand the many different hardships we face with being enslaved and, you know, prejudice that we have had to go through over the years. And even in this process, getting to know Harriet Tubman and working with her to free people. But when I was freeing people, it wasn't just black people. It was like different race people. Like I remember specifically a couple trips, it was like Hispanic people, you know? And it seemed like they were lighter skinned. No, they were different races. The Lord is saving all of our people, anyone who wants to be saved, anyone who is willing to be saved. So why would I abandon this entire, you know, everyone out, everyone that's not black and that's an entire, you know, that's like billions of people, abandon all those people. Excuse me, because they're not black. That's hateful. And that's racist. Even though the literal definition of racism is to oppress a uh, certain race or group of people. Or to be oppressive of a group of people. If I'm not mistaken, matter of fact, I'm going to look that up because I don't want to... racial or ethnic group, typically typically one that is a minority or marginal. That's why I looked up that definition because, you know, racism is prejudice towards a minority group and a lot of these races are minorities. So that's racism though, but it says typically. So it's racism and, you know, I've met white people who are, you know, worth saving. They are worthy. They are worth saving. They are worthy of God's love. They are worthy of eternal salvation and they are willing to receive it and they are willing to fight for it. In these last days, they are, you know, doing what they can to save souls and they will look out for black people. They will be willing to give their lives for black people, for all different races. That's just who they are. They don't see color and God doesn't see color, though he is black. He does not see color. So. I wouldn't allow that to create a divide, but of course that somehow creates, it, it creates so many different avenues. There's the avenue of 
different individuals wanting to introduce this, you know, um, what Marcus Rogers would call it, gummy bear, gummy bear Christianity, or just like watered down Christianity. And a lot of people want to start to introduce that because they say, oh, you don't believe that, you know, heaven is black and, you know, God is black, you know, Jesus is black, but you still want to agree that white people, all white people aren't going to hell. You know, different individuals who believe different things like this, they um, they think that it's okay for you to go off into a, you know, area of like lukewarm Christianity where, you know, you teach that there's no struggles, there's no persecution and different things like that. Like you don't have to face trials and tribulations. Of course, the Bible says that you do and they teach that, but they make it seem as if it's all you know, easy. And then, you know, oftentimes aren't preparing you for the real battles and being bold and speaking up about these different issues in this world and this sin, you know, oftentimes relaxing on sin or feeling like it's okay to, you know, allow these type of behaviors. Like, for example, saying love is love and, you know, allowing homosexuality or, you know, for example, um, just lukewarm Christianity, not not being hot nor cold, kind of being in the middle, thinking a lot of these different behaviors are okay when they're not. But um, I I don't I don't encourage lukewarm Christianity. You know, I have been backsliding and sort of sliding back into sin, and that's my own personal walk. I don't want to speak for everybody who's actually on this path with God and building their rapport with Jesus and a part of these this last days army. I don't want to speak for everybody. But what I do want to say is that the Lord has shown me my future. He says that that will happen and I'm going to do that. And I believe him and I trust him. And and after everything that he's shown me up until this point, he is not to be denied. That being said, you know, maybe these views will change or maybe the heart that I have and the heart that he favors is exactly what it's supposed to be. And everything's happening exactly how it's supposed to. And I'm supposed to accept Anyone who's willing to accept Jesus Christ and do the work. So the Bible also says my brothers and sisters are those who do the work of God. You know, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, any race. You do the work of the Lord. You accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You're Jesus' brother and sister. We're all brothers and sisters in, in Jesus Christ. So I never understood that, you know exiling white people type of thing how can you lead other nations when you just completely reject them as a whole that doesn't even make sense but um it was just conversations about this and what happened was um I rejected that I rejected the idea I rejected the help that they was so-called offering and it, it also made me realize like so if you can offer this help based upon me agreeing, coming into agreement with you against, you know, hatred for another race or group, you can offer that help right now. And you wouldn't offer your brother or sister that help just because they needed it, but you call yourself somebody who's actually trying to make it into heaven. That doesn't even make sense to me. You're supposed to want to help somebody just because you can. Jesus said, you know, if someone takes something from you, give them whatever else you have. If someone asks you to walk a mile with them, walk too. If someone sins against you, forgive them 70 times 7 in one day. Love your enemies. You know, it. even a heathen can love those who love him or love them. You have to love everybody. You know, 
demons know the name of God and tremble. So how much more does Jesus Christ accept, expect from of you? So the hatred and operating in it, it just doesn't seem like it's promising. But, you know, I don't know everything. God knows everything. And I just, I don't agree with it, you know. Imagine going down that path. And though I feel like I've, I've just embraced so much of myself and learned so much about myself and I felt lost in this world. But imagine going down that path and then encountering someone who is so wonderful, who is such a great person, who is so loving and caring and considerate, possibly could have even saved your life one day. And you're saying they're going to hell. You wouldn't probably still even feel that way afterwards. So, you know, if somebody saved your life, you're going to be like, oh, you're still going to hell, though. That makes sense? No. But um, at the same time, at the same time, I've, I've, I've witnessed something that I would have never been able to understand before now and the Lord said to me forget everything that you think that you know and I've been trying to be open-minded because when Jesus showed up and showed me that he's black he's just like your brother you know and I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and change broke off my heart you know it was different it was so different so um in that moment when when Jesus Christ showed up it was so much hatred there was so much wicked wickedness going on there was so much evil like these individuals were like fighting me like they were fighting so hard to keep me from realizing and the chains breaking off my heart and realizing who Jesus Christ really was and that he was black and when I realized they were trying to fight me to keep me from realizing he was black immediately what I wanted to believe was that these must be white people but when I checked with Jesus Christ he showed me it was only like two or three white people that actually even cared that much. And they weren't even that hateful or aggressive. It was mostly our people who didn't want me to realize that Jesus Christ was real and that he was black. So does that even make sense to you? We're the ones who don't want to wake each other up. We're the ones keeping each other from waking up and being who we're called to be. We're the ones keeping each other from progressing in our relationship with the Lord. We're the ones from keeping each other from abiding by God's laws and being in, in chains, you know, we're the ones keeping each other in chains, but we want to put it off on white people. That's just like Isaiah. That's just like who the kind of people, hard neck, stiff neck people we've always been, you know, to complain, you know, to after we're let out of chains and rather go back because we say at least we were being fed every day and we just received freedom, you know, for uh, from 400 years of hard slave ship after they killed our babies under two because we were multiplying too much, our baby boys. So that, you know, a lot of times I don't think we take these things into consideration. And God, you know, it feels like, you know, he suffers so much at our suffering, you know, the suffering we place upon ourselves with the con with the sin and the, you know, running back to, false God worship and different things like that just because things don't necessarily go our way immediately. We can't be patient. We can't keep our promise. We can't keep the commandments. Like, we just have to do better as a people, but I've seen it. The curse has to be broken in order for us to keep the promise, and we have to keep the promise in order for the curse to be broken. So, 
feels like we're stuck or we're trapped in this cycle. But I think that the Lord is willing to give us another opportunity. And so, of course, I feel like all should be included in it. Besides, what other nations are you going to lead if, you know, no other nations make it into heaven? Or is it just white people that we are getting rid of? Because that makes no sense. Because each and every single last white person on this earth has at least 1% black in them. Because of Eve's gene, it shows that each and every race on this earth could have only originated from a black woman. Those are your brothers and sisters. Whether you want to accept that or not. Because of the disadvantages that we place ourselves in because of not keeping the commandments. So, it's difficult. It's difficult to accept a lot of times when we harbor so much bitterness and resentment from you know, enslavement and mistreatment due to the color of our skin. But that is not because white people are evil or wicked. That's because we didn't keep our promises. It's in Isaiah. These are the plagues. We are to be lost in the land unknown, not to know who we are. Place underneath, below each and every single last other nation because we didn't keep our promise. We're supposed to be above all of them, leading them. We're not being who we're called to be. And when you see us outside, Cursing each other out, fighting, aggressive, you know, hateful, hard-hearted, killing each other, stealing, you know, lying, cheating, whoremongers, adulterers, you know, rapists, etc. Like, that is not a nation that can lead all other nations. We just don't exhibit the behavior, but we can't wake up and we can do this. It's possible. So, um, I'm praying that we are able to, you know, win God's favor and the curse be broken so that we can have another shot at the covenant and it can be a reborn covenant. But different things have to happen in the process. We have to accept each other for who we are. We have to fight for each other no matter what. We have to fight hard to break these chains. We got to come together and do this together. For my sister... When it was concerning her baby, her unborn child, I saw us come together and fight to free her and deliver her. The people came together to fight to free my sister and deliver her. But concerning me, when I'm trying to break these chains off of me and my family and free us forever, all of our people, God said, if I could just keep this worship position for five minutes, he would break the chains off of everybody, everybody, millions of people. We can't come together for that. Why won't we come together for that? Because of hatred and not wanting to see me win. It's it's like, it's. I don't want to say that it's just about that. But that's what it ultimately comes down to. Because you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't care who's leading the nation or who's doing it. Woman, man, black, white. If you are made free, why would it matter who was sent to free you? If you were in a burning building, would you stay there and be burnt up just because the person that, you know, gave you the ladder? That doesn't make sense. So we're like crabs in a bucket oftentimes. But um, we're going to have to learn sooner or later because, you know, the curse has to be broken. The, the promise has to be restored. And until then, we're going to keep suffering at, you know, at the hands of ourselves, essentially. But, you know, 
I know that I'm I'm I may be preaching to the choir and I want to be a hypocrite and I want to do everything that I'm saying needs to be done. I want to work at this and, and fight hard towards this. But, you know, with how difficult things have been and how, you know, it, what it seems that I'm up against and the way that things have been going, you know, it feels as if almost as if it's necessary for us to come together in order to accomplish this. And maybe I have to become all that I'm called to be, you know, and win the people over in order to, you know, see that happen. Because I don't know what happened that day concerning my sister, that everybody was willing to, you know, step up and help for her. But on the day that it was time to, you know, deliver all of us, everybody was like, we're going to stand in your way instead. Nobody's going to help. And all it took was a little help, you know. I think what it come down to is that um, we have to release the hate, the bitterness, the resentfulness, the misery. We have to love each other. We have to choose love. We can't keep operating in a hateful manner. And ultimately, what it comes down to, God is in control. So he could have, you know, granted that. He could have granted that people help. He could have granted that we all step in and wake up. He could have touched our hearts. God can penetrate any heart. He could have had his way in that situation, but maybe he's keeping us here for one. Either he wants me to become stronger and overcome each and every single last individual that would stand in the way, which of course is, you know, very likely. Or, you know, maybe show his power, which he's doing anyways. Or he wants us to come together and decide as a whole that we want to keep this promise and keep this covenant with God and work together to do it and show us, show him, you know, goodwill. We have to show him effort. We have to show him that we would even be willing to be a people together and act as if we can behave as the holy chosen nation. Do it together. Come together and decide to do that instead of standing in each other's way. Because at this point, we broke a promise to God. He doesn't have any collateral. When you do that at the credit bureau, you're going to have to come with some sort of security deposit or something. Where's our security deposit? We can start by coming together now and fighting and fighting and working together to do this right now, giving up hate from all different angles and directions. And it may sound impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I was thinking this could happen that way, but I don't know. Maybe it'll just take for the Lord to decide that, you know, I just got to overcome all of everybody in the way. Everybody in the way. And yes, this demon which has this false sense of power or control over these millions of people. And you could use that as an excuse as to why we weren't coming together, but we've done it before. And so why then, but not now? The only real control that she has is that she is convincing us that, you know, these certain different directions are better options for us. The only thing she's doing is lying to you, deceiving you, making you believe you should do it this way. You should do it that way. You should go this way. God's not there for you. God's not going to provide this for you. You'd be better off if you did it without him and different things like that. That's the only control she has, a false sense of power. She's lying to you, tricking you. If we all came together and decided to, you know, abide by God and be obedient and work together to fight this and break this off of us together as a whole, you know, we will all be made free. We got to be tired of these chains enough. We got to be sick and tired of these chains enough.
We can't keep fighting against each other. And we can't keep allowing Leviathan to maneuver through our community, telling us, why should it be her? Why should it be that leader? Don't you want to do it yourself? Don't you feel like it should be you? Make sure she doesn't do it. And only convincing us to stay in chains doesn't make sense. But, um... That being said, I still have to, you know, take responsibility for the future that I want to, you know, see. And I got to do it for my life, you know. Maybe the responsibility is that I do it for millions of lives and I'll be willing to. Even though I've tried and it seems failed, I haven't failed yet. The Lord says I will do it it's already done but you know with these different individuals in a way I've seen it happen somebody showed up and they was just like I don't like this person so I'm going to help pull this person off me and they offered just the littlest slightest little bit of help and they pulled a three-year relationship off of me so I know that they're standing in the way and they're making it difficult for me I felt myself being pulled downwards I felt people holding on to me blocking me distracting me doing everything that they could to stop this from happening when we'll all be made free which means we want the chains and of course that was the only control she ever had we chose the chains so we can't be mad at Kanye when Kanye said we choose slavery even though that's old still relevant we ch- we do we kind of we do we we choose slavery we literally in the bible we literally chose slavery we said we'd rather go back and be in chains and be slaves than be out here in the wilderness starving because we didn't eat even though god made manna fall from the sky it just wasn't when we wanted it when we felt like we wanted to have it we were, were we just act like spoiled children so and we also don't know what to do with our freedom So, I mean, at this point, you know, will we ever know what to do with freedom? Will we ever truly want to experience real freedom and be free? And can we have it? Because the Lord wants it for us. But we got to want it for ourselves. Time and time and time again, we break our covenants with God. We end up back in this place where we're in chains, you know, we're in enslaved to these false gods, these dark powers that feel that they can do a better job than God and God always has to come and save us. So maybe he's expecting goodwill right now. He's expecting for us to come together and decide to, you know, put it, you know, put effort in as a as a as a goodwill gesture. Come together, do it together and fight these chains off of each other. Choose God. We have to choose him. But um, I just pray. I just pray that it's possible. I pray that it's possible. God says, God says I will do this. You know? He says, I'll kill the demon witch. So maybe I'll just have to get up and do this. I'll just have to beat everybody. But it seems almost impossible with the determination to see me lose and to see us lose. So 
I've just been putting a lot of thought into it. It feels like it's the only option. Okay, so um, the fulfillment of the prophecy is that, you know, LeBron James is assigned to help me to accomplish my destiny, de- excuse me, destiny and reach my destiny, you know, because there is the possibility that, you know, upon completion, I will be able to get his family in. So, of course, he has motivation, the motivation for him to see, you know, me prosper besides just wanting to see, you know, someone prosper in God is that his family will be will enter heaven and be raptured as well. So I'm I feel that that has come into perspective because I want my family to come in. I want my family to make it to heaven really bad. And I've been fighting really hard for them. And I've been willing to fight for whoever's family, you know, just like I fight for my family because it's only right and it's only just that you show no partiality and you fight just as hard as you would for anybody, even if they are your family members, that you would for anybody in this world. So I've been putting in work and fighting very hard to, to ensure that anybody who's willing to fight for their family and do the work gets in, them and their entire families. So, you know, for the Lord to kind of, in a way, you know, I don't want to say specified it because it's like I kind of heard this prophecy and this part of the prophecy and like passing. So I don't want to say that he specifically told me that. He did say LeBron was assigned to help me reach my destiny. That's what he specifically told me. But as far as, far as the reason why he was assigned, the reason why he's doing it was so that his family can get in. I just heard that over and over and over again. I said, you know, it must be true if they keep saying it. I don't not nah, that's really doesn't make sense, but it seemed like it was, you know, actually being confirmed to be true in a way. So, um as far as, you know, getting his family in, why why do we feel like it specified his family instead of, you know, everybody, like the whole world? Because if we all do this together, then wouldn't it be the whole world or even if I have to do it alone, you know, with maybe even just, you know, LeBron's help, you know, wouldn't it seem as if it's still all of us? Why just, why was it specify his family as if they wouldn't have been a part of the millions of people that would have been saved? Um, maybe that has something to do with our families. Maybe that has something to do with the family members that we have and maybe, you know, their, um, the lifestyles that they tend to lead or the work that they're willing to do. Maybe they just wouldn't have been a part of the millions of people that were willing to be free. And so he has to specify our family, so we're doing the work for our families. Or maybe because we had to do it without the help of the pe- of our people, without the real help of our people and support of our people, to the extent that, you know, of course everybody would have done it together and we would have the help and support that we needed then it wouldn't have had to specify our families because it would have been all of us so maybe we'll just be getting our families in you know of course these millions of people are going to be freed as a fulfillment of the prophecy so it does make sense that it's the other way around that it's maybe that our families wouldn't fit 
into or be a part of those millions of people that were willing to abide by God and be obedient to his laws or, you know, actually even seek freedom, you know, at least to the extent that it would be needed in order to be free. But, um, something, something about that makes me feel like, you know, sometimes it just feel like, um, even though the Lord said these millions of people will be free from this demon, which is just not confirmed that these millions of people will be raptured though. Because I've been wondering that from the jump. I've been saying, so upon the death, like, you know, upon completion, meaning the death of this witch, this demon witch, these millions of people are going to be free, but does that mean we're going to be a rapture immediately after? Because it seems as if it feels like we would have to be rapture immediately after, you know, in order to keep us from turning back to sin and possibly ending up in the same situation right all over again. Because, like, we are hardened. Like, oftentimes we run towards false gods. We are promiscuous prostitutes. You know, it's prostitution to worship other gods. And oftentimes we just tend to, we just haven't kept our promise yet. That's what I was saying. We just haven't kept our promise yet. But um, that being said, you know, a lot of people say that that's unfair. Y'all get y'all families in. Y'all families wouldn't have been willing to do the work, you know, and they don't deserve to be in heaven if they didn't do the work. They don't deserve to be raptured if they're not going to do the work. And y'all get y'all families in. That could have been somebody who may have deserved it more than, you know, depending on the family member. But, um, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And the Lord has said, it's hard work, but the reward is great. And so that's our reward. We get our families in. And it may seem unfair. Like, your family could be, like, the worst person out here. Your family could be, like, a hardcore Satan worshiper, never was going to choose God, disobedient to the law, and would never keep the commandments. And they get to get in just because they are family. That's so unfair. But the fact of the matter is, you know, of course, throughout this process, I'm learning that I can't just do it just because it's my family. We have to all fight. We have to all, you know, take heed of God's warnings and become obedient to God's laws. We have to work together. We have to do this together. We got to come together and choose God no matter what. Deny Satan, denounce him, and accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to be saved. So it's not a walk in the park. It's not sweet. It's hard work. And we will have earned it. So that being said, um, as far as everybody else's family, I think millions of people sound like a lot of people's families. But depending, depending, because as I've said, it's not really, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the Lord has technically specifically confirmed that after the demon which dies we're immediately going to be raptured but it does feel like that it feels like we're maybe heading in that direction at one point I was worshiping and I was sure I floated off the ground at least probably half an inch or something and then I fainted and when I fainted you know for a second I just asked the Lord what would have happened if I didn't faint and it seemed as if the Lord showed me being pulled up into heaven raptured we would have all possibly been raptured. But then there was also even a conversation about like, well, if it would have, you know, if you would have broke it off of you, then you probably just would have, it just would have been broken off of you. You would have been free to go do whatever you want to do in life. You would have been, you would have been free of the, you know, chains that, you know, you have been enslaved to spiritually for however long. 
So I don't know which way it's going to go. Because the Lord said the, the rapture is going to happen in my lifetime for sure. And that maybe certain individuals will be raptured. But, you know, also understanding that maybe all this stuff has to happen soon or will happen soon. And, you know, what about, you know, the fulfillment of my heart's desires in this future that I've seen where I, you know, accomplish and become everything that I've ever dreamed of being? How was it possible that there will be enough time for all of that? But the Lord also said that I'm going to become a doctor, a lawyer, all these different things in a couple of years. I'm going to do it in half the time, if that, like a fraction of the time. And... You know, I'm going to become and do everything I've ever dreamed of being because I'm a phenomenal woman. That's what the Lord has said to me. And he said, I'm going to also retire early. I'm also going to retire early at a young age. Like, it sounded like he was even insinuating like around 36 or something like that. But um, it sounds so impossible. Like, you know, I'm almost 25 years old now and it feels like I haven't even got started on college. I haven't been in college. I'm a G- I have a GED. I'm a high school dropout and I'm going to become and do all of these different things in God, you know. But the Lord, he is, you know, he's a God of miracles, signs and wonders. So he can do anything he wants to do. He's a limitless God and he will show his power in the way that he's showing his power, the way that he's showing up so supernaturally where, you know, three-year relationships are being pulled off my spirit. And um, I'm being made free and transformed to someone I could have never imagined being completely unrecognizable from who I was before. And all these different things going on supernaturally with my power, the power that the Lord has given me. I'm seeing demons in the spirit. I'm fighting these demons spiritually. Everyone knows who I am. You know, they are aware of who I am. These things are happening you know, and, you know, we are actually able to be free from chains and slavery spiritually just from worshiping and praising God on our knees. That's power. That's God showing his power. He's done it before and he can do it. He can do it a million times. So I'm sure that he's not, I'm, I know he's telling the truth about everything that I'll become. I've just been wondering because it seems as if spiritually, I can speak all these different language languages. I can turn back time. I can I'm super strong. I am I have a you know, I remember everything. Everything. Like even from when I was in a womb. I haven't fully received all of that, but I feel like I will. Um you know, it seems that I'm a doctor, a lawyer, a you know, all these different things, a judge, all these different things spiritually. So Maybe the Lord is speaking concerning spiritually. And I get these gifts and I get all these different things. You know, and it happens like that for me because I already have it spiritually. You know, and then I retire early, as he said. Very possible. It sounds like fantasy, but it's extremely possible. And God is, a, he's a God of impossible, making impossible possible. But, um, or it can happen very soon, maybe in the next couple of years. And, you know, as the Lord said, I can get these things done in half the time. You know, things turn around like that for me, you know, just like that, snap a finger. And then I retire early and still in our lifetime, we're raptured later, maybe. But um, the Lord said that, you know, it's time. It's time. He showed me the demons that were locked up in this prison 
And he said, um, it's time. You've been holding them for me to give them to me in the day of the Lord. And it's time. And you're about to go kill this demon, which frees me as a people. And I think that he's saying it's time for us to be raptured. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen directly after, you know, the death of this demon witch. But it's unconfirmed. It's unconfirmed. And I'm tired. I keep saying I'm tired. I keep saying I'm tired. And, you know. Of course, I'm tired, but I have so much strength that I need to unlock. I'm sure of it because I've seen, you know, future version of myself. I'm completely transformed. I can tell I'm extremely strong. I'm I'm just different. So maybe it will take this. It will take this process. You know, the Bible says laziness will end in forced hard labor. And so maybe I've been lazy for too long. And so this is the forced hard labor, and it's going to be extremely difficult, but it's going to break chains and demonic presences and generational curses off of my bloodline, off of my life, and create generational wealth in a process. It almost feels like I've already done so much, maybe that I'm not even fully even aware of or being given credit for. But upon completion, oh yes, and... Excuse me, in my trial in heaven, the Lord said that a lot of people don't see judgment day and live to tell about it. But in my trial in heaven, the Lord said to me, upon completion, you will you will go to heaven. You'll be made you'll enter heaven. So maybe he's saying upon completion, you know, I will have been saved and then eventually I'll go to heaven when we're raptured in our, in our lifetime. Or directly after completing this, we're all going to heaven. Or I'm going to heaven. I don't know. I don't know. I've been trying to figure this out for a while. Because I'm like, how how was it possible for me to live this phenomenal life? But we're going to be raptured in my lifetime. Like, Then I noticed spiritually what's going on here. What's been going on in the spirit. I noticed that spiritually, I'm a judge, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor. I speak all these different languages. I'm a singer, actor, writer, all these director, hairdresser, makeup artist. I have a I have a makeup line. I'm a designer. I'm all of these different things spiritually already, like right now. Though I have to fight and I'm tortured for these things. People want to steal them from me. Plagiarism. People have been stealing my designs. People have been stealing my songs and my sound. People have been stealing, you know, my cartoons, my books, my hairstyles, makeup ideas, acting abilities, wisdom. They've been stealing these things from me spiritually and it sounds so made up and crazy, but it's real. So, um, maybe it's just about retiring early and, and this is the retiring cause say, excuse me, Solomon was also a demon hunter. He retired early. He retired young. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he conquered almost every demon in hell and then eventually fell into temptation to his pleasures. So 
I don't know. But is there ever room for this prophecy where I see myself in this car and I'm a billionaire and I'm the leader of the industry? Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know. As I've said, like discernment kind of wants to, you know, wants me to believe that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. And not because Satan has an agenda on my destiny and so many people who don't want me to make it there, but because it's just deception, further deception. I can't imagine being transformed in God, doing all the work and becoming everything I'm destined to be in God, and then winding up with an abuser who seeks to abuse my power for the rest of my life. Though there's a word on them from God, I don't want to just call them an abuser, but like they seem extremely abusive. But as I've said, you know, we all can be abusive, we all have mistakes. I don't say we all can be abusive. We all have, we all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. And there are a lot of things that need to be broken off of me spiritually. You know, demons that have plagued me for my entire life that are not reflective of the version of myself I'm going to one day be. And so I wouldn't want nobody to hold me forever to this version of myself when it's not who I'm going to be one day. Just like I don't want to be held to who I once was. I will never be the same. Things are never going back to how they were. So... I've been transformed so much already and I wouldn't want to be, you know, seen as, you know, the kind of person that I was before. I just, I, it's not that I want to, I'm just not that person anymore. So, you know, forgiveness is definitely the key. I just don't know. The situation has seemed tricky. Like it seems as if we have been possessed by demons and we want ourselves and honestly in the spirit, we start fighting for our real selves. We hear ourselves, you know, fighting for each other. We can hear our real selves screaming out little bits and pieces when we're fighting hard enough, when we're focusing hard enough. And then you'll hear the different voices, the demons, the people who have, you know, um, agendas on your destiny, who are trying to stop your destiny. You'll hear them, you know, speaking through you and you think it's you. They're controlling you. Like, curse that person out. Fight this person. Get angry about this. Smoke this cigarette. Drink this alcohol. You know, um, quit this job. Spend this money. And you really think it's you. A lot of people be like, no, that's just you. But it's really witchcraft, like, for real. And it's being exposed in the spirit. And you wouldn't even have known if not for God. And so many different people have gone through these different things. Their entire families enslaved or have enslaved them. And not even to mention, not even, not even, not even to mention just like, um, I seen this vision, this woman, she looked in this mirror and she was scared to look. It was like this little handheld mirror and it was like a white woman from the 1800s. And she was so scared to look. She was so scared to look. And she tilted it slowly towards her face. And she looked in this mirror and I saw the most horrendous look of fear in her eyes. Like she was, um, she was truly, um, this woman was truly like, horrified to see me you know and I was like when I saw it you know I looked at her 
she saw me and she saw me, you know, she saw me, I was laying in bed and I was just weak, couldn't get up. And I'm sitting here like, feeling like I'm dying, begging, calling the Lord, Jesus, please, Jesus Christ, please, please, Jesus, save me, help me, I need you. And I'm just sitting there like half dead, hanging, feeling like I'm hanging on by a thread. And this woman looks in this mirror, she sees me, and she's like, she just like, like she saw a ghost. And she hurries up and she puts the mirror down and she's like pouting and she's like so upset. She is like so upset. She's so torn up about it. And I, I was like, what is that? Why does that woman, why did that woman look at me like that? Like I'm ugly to her or something. Like, is she racist? And God is like, um... No, that woman has, you know, that woman was praying on your downfall. She was praying that you would never reach your destiny. And she checked that mirror again to see if you had reached it. And you just saw the look on her face because you are accomplishing your destiny. You were headed right, you know, right into it. She couldn't have stopped it. And that was the look on her face because she realized she's not stop- She's not going to be able to stop your destiny. From the 1800s. From the 1800s, this woman did that. I'm like, what? Why would she? Why would a woman from the 1800s, you know, know the future? First of all, because the Bible says only God knows the future. And second of all, you know, why would she be praying on my downfall all the way in the future when she would be long gone dead? Possibly, you know, of course, she might have had some witchcraft that could keep her alive to today. But who knows? The other things that she has a hand in, you know, when she's trying to stop my destiny on my life, she may have had a hand in so many other things. The Lord also showed me a vision where um, I was on a slave ship. And all I know is these these white people, they um, they were in these 1800s dresses, just like, you know, how they seemed like they dressed in, in the days of the Declaration of Independence, when the Declaration of Independence was signed and wrote. They was wearing these dresses like that. And these women, they were on this slave ship, and they lifted up these, like, bungles or bun- bungalows or something like that. I don't know. They lifted up these, like, um, these big wooden flaps, and underneath these big wooden flaps were these beds. They were beds, and they jumped right in and fell asleep. Like, they jumped right in the bed, and they fell asleep. And then next thing you know, it flashed to another, you know, scene, whereas this white man, these two white men, they were sweeping up the slave ship, and they just, they just vanished into dust, like, off Infinity Wars. Excuse me, like, off of um, Endgame. They vanished into dust. And um, all I know is, like, they was enslaved in the spirit, in hell. And um, they were enslaved to be the exact slaves that they enslaved, you know, here on earth. And all I know is that, um, all I know is I woke up from that vision. Well, I woke up, I feel like I woke up from it and I thought I was watching a movie. It looked like I was watching a movie. It was a movie. But then I woke up from it for real. And God said, I was like, what does that mean? What was that? That was so real. It was so odd. My mother and my sister and me was there. 
And um, the Lord said to me, they made their beds. That's why they were jumping into beds on a slave ship. They made their beds. And now they're going to have to lay in them. I'm like, whoa, how real is that? Like, how crazy is that? It makes so much sense. They've made their beds and now they're going to have to lay in them. And the fact that um, these men who were who had enslaved our people, they were enslaved in the spirit until they turned into dust. They were enslaved in hell until they withered away into dust, enslaved and imprisoned and chained to sweep a slave ship. You know, never getting a break, never getting sleep, never getting to eat, never being able to do nothing but just sweep this slave ship for all these, you know, for who knows how long, for the rest of eternity until they withered away into dust in hell. So... What does it mean for them to have withered away into dust? Because it seems as if we don't ever get to do that in hell. You don't get to disappear and wither away into dust in hell. Or do you? Do you wither away into dust in hell after a couple hundred years or something? Because, you know, to my understanding, you are tortured for the rest of eternity. But, or maybe these individuals put witchcraft to actually live this long. And upon the completion of my, you know, upon me reaching my destiny here, you know, upon, you know, upon the reaching of my destiny, they will wither away into dust because they still alive using witchcraft to stay young. And they enslaved our people for hundreds of years, all the way up until this point since the 1800s to stay young. They probably like vampires or something. Never aging. Possibly having to skip towns like every every couple decades, every decade or so in order to, you know, elude, you know, anyone gaining suspicion by how they do not age. This is real. This stuff is happening. Mama Odie, I met her. She's like 400 years old. I don't know how she did that, but she possibly have enslaved our people or enslaved some people. I don't know what she did, but she had to make a deal with the devil or something. Well, she didn't have to. Moses lived to be 800 years old. She's no telling. She know who God is, though. But, um... All I know is, um... These people, they withered away into dust. And they had a, the, the look of, of sheer fear and horror. The look on their faces was horror. This man looked like, like, you know, he was so, like, just fear, just just taken with fear as he, you know, withered away into dust. After being enslaved to sweep a slave ship for hundreds of years, you think you want to finally wither away into dust. Like, that's just, you don't get to eat, sleep, do nothing but just sweep this slave ship. And you finally get the wither away into dust, but this man was so scared to, you know, not exist anymore. Man, it was crazy, but um, maybe that's, you know, part of my destiny. Seems as if it is. And so this woman from the 1800s, she had sheer fear in her heart when she looked into this mirror and for a second... I even accessed her spiritually. I accessed her mentally. And I was asking her questions. 
because I didn't know that she was actually, you know, the reason that I've been tortured and going through all these different things for these past few years. Everything I've gone through, these demons that have been on my people, the, the chains were in. I didn't know she was responsible. I didn't know she could even possibly be responsible. I didn't know these things were possible. But anything is possible. But this woman, you know, I was talking to her. I feel like I was talking to her. And I was asking her, you know, what what are you not used to black people in the 1800s? Have you not seen a, ever seen a black person before? What were you looking at me for? Um, do y'all have stuff like pudding and different stuff like that? Like, you know, because I just wanted to know this stuff exists in the 1800s. What did it taste like? Was it, did it have sugar or didn't have no taste at all? Because I know gum years ago, it didn't have no taste. A lot of times it was used for like wooden projects and stuff like that. But they did have it. So I was just wondering, like, you know, I was asking different questions. She said something about pudding and I saw her again. But yeah, we have pudding. And it was like, it was like tan. It didn't have no color to it. I don't know if they had colored or flavored pudding. So she did say it was sweet. But um, I asked questions like what kind of dessert y'all have and stuff like that. But all I know is like, um, I was finding so many different things in the spirit. It was crazy. She was so scared. She was so scared to talk to me. She was so scared to say things back to me. She was so scared of me hanging around. And I just like, I, I try my best to leave, you know, and never relocate her. And maybe that's her who did that. She was scared that I was hanging around. I was using my power to hang around. I was trying to investigate a little bit. But she was threatening me too. She was like, um, do you know what can happen to you for, you know, hanging around? Why are you in my mind? Different things like that. Like, you know, she was so scared. She was so scared. That woman was so scared of me. And I was just sitting there thinking like, hold on though. The only thing going through my heart is love everybody. Choose Jesus Christ. Forgive. Choose to forgive. You know, um, be willing to forgive your brother 70 times 7. Let it go. Like, I'm sitting here letting them beat me down. And I'm just letting it go. And I'm choosing to forgive. And I'm choosing love. And I'm choosing not to fight back or act. You know, I'm choosing to become everything I'm called to be in God. And this woman is so scared like that. What does that mean? Why would she be so afraid of us becoming these obedient people and God, obedient to God and keeping our promise to God? Why would they be so afraid of that? Well, the answer is because this fake made up idea that Christianity is the slave religion is reprobated minds. That's a reprobated mind. The real slave religion is any religion outside of Christianity. Any religion that is worship of false gods of any kind. That's the real slave religions. You're a slave to sin. So, yes, the Bible says that you are either a slave to sin or a slave to Jesus Christ. A slave to God. But it's better to be a slave to God because in God you are made free. And he loves you. So... You won't be a slave either way. But um, some people just don't want to do the work. They're lazy. They don't want to be good. Oftentimes, we are being attacked spiritually by people like this from 1800s who have put attacks on our destinies to keep us from knowing who we are. 
And a lot of people run from God. They decide that God has nothing to offer them or that he's not as real as he is omnipresent and been along, been around for a long time and is not doing none of this for him, but everything for you. He's trying to save you. He's trying to help you. There are people who have put attacks on your destiny and they're checking the mirror. They're checking the mirror for the 1800s to see where you're going, where you make it to, whether you succeed or not. And all I could think about is, man, who else she might be checking in that mirror? It's like each, it's like every black person assigned to, you know, it's it's like each white person assigned to like a couple's couple of black people, one one black person, a couple black persons, a couple hundred black people. You know, these are the people who possibly, you know, led the slave ship and enslaved us, you know, all these years ago. That's why I saw the slave ship, but in reality, it's like, there's no telling. There's really no telling because look how many of us are being dragged down to hell every day. Look how many of us aren't living and abiding in Jesus Christ. Look how many of us aren't accepting and applying Jesus Christ's word to our hearts and really being the people we're called to be and waking up. Look how many people are just wasting away and not making their lives count and dedicating their lives to God daily, you know, denying their flesh, dying in Christ daily. Look how many people. So maybe she looking that mirror and oftentimes is going the way she wanted to go. And so that look of sheer fear is because maybe this, this is such a wonderful miracle like situation that is happening here. The Lord is freeing millions of his people from enslavement to possibly, you know, change that we have we may have been in a cycle of since the 1800s or set up since the 1800s. There's no telling how this demon witch is, really. So So, you know, how wonderful and how amazing it is to see this woman finally lose. How wonderful and amazing it is to see this woman finally, you know, have to deal with the consequences of enslaving God's people. And it's happening through this very torturous, you know, process of me being beat down, raped, sold over and over again, tortured tormented, turned against my family, you know, um, expected to sell out or sell them out, you know, you know, attempted to, they attempted to kill me, you know, throughout this process, all these different things that are happening, you know, this woman is finally being brought to justice from the 1800s through my destiny. We're free. We're being made free. Millions of us enslaved. And I was wondering how long. I'm like, was it really for a couple of years? Were our people really enslaved this long? How long were we enslaved? And that is all the more indication that we will be seeing a rapture in our lifetime. Maybe the Lord is truly intending to rapture us immediately after being free from this demon witch who tried to drag down millions of our souls into the bottomless pit with her, which is her fate. Well, she's going to die. She's going to be killed. But Satan is going to the bottomless pit.
So, um, I don't know. When I saw that, I was so amazed. I was like, could it be true? But I know that what I saw was real. I know that that woman, you know, um, wasn't a made-up face. I know that face was real. I know it was, you know, one of God's creations. You know, as messed up as it is, yeah, she was made by God. And I know you couldn't make that up. You couldn't make that up. A lot of stuff so real you can't make it up. But, you know, I don't know if she'll ever check again. But I want to make sure that, you know, you know, that she's wrong every time. Or right, depending on what she felt she was going to see. I want to make sure that I succeed, that I, you know... That I reached my destiny despite her attempts on, you know, never seeing it happen. No matter how difficult. No matter what I have to go through. So. Seemed like she might have checked. She might check again. I mean, I know about it because it seemed like she may have even checked before. The way she was looking at it, she looking at it like she was checking up on it. You know. Checking to see if I was alive. I was laying there looking dead. I was laying in the bed looking dead. I was looking like I'm dead. And she probably was checking to see if I was there. That's probably why I really had a real encounter with her. You know? I don't know. I don't know. But I knew it's not made up. It's not made up. It's not another deception to say it might be. I feel like it can be. But I even saw, like, you know, I was watching on Penny O Eternal's page. Somebody testified. They said, there are people from the 1800s in witchcraft that have that have mirrors that they look into to you know check and see if they they were able to stop your destiny. So consider that when you think about your what your purpose and destiny might be in life, you always have to root for somebody else and want somebody else to reach their destiny first. Excuse me, not first. It doesn't have to be first, but you have to want everybody to win and want everybody to succeed in order for you to succeed in life yourself you cannot be praying on anybody's downfall you have to be willing to see anybody win and be willing to help if you can to get to see them get there love them care for people decide to be the difference decide to help and make a difference instead of hurting people because you've been hurt and maybe somebody will be you know let down by the by the realization that they weren't able to stop your destiny either so it's wonderful you know i know it's so easy and we get sometimes very eager to hate these white people and what they've done to us over these years but i wouldn't reach my destiny if i hated them i still love them love your enemies the bible say i don't want them to necessarily go to hell you can't wish you know or pray for anyone's downfall and win at all it doesn't matter who let God be the judge. And this time, wasn't that a per? To me, it's a perfect judgment. You have to see the individuals you tried to stop. And you have to see them succeeding. And the Lord had been telling me the whole time, I was like, what's their consequences for everything they've done to me? And it, it sucked and it hurt so bad to suffer and know that no, they were going to get away with what they had done to me. 
And the Lord said they're not getting away with it. There are consequences that you will succeed. They will not have been able to stop your destiny. And trust me, it's the best consequence they could have ever received. And the look on her face kind of confirms that. It really does. So, um, I'm extremely, I'm extremely, you know, proud of my father and honored to be used as a vessel in this process, even though it's going to be extremely difficult. I still got work to do. I'm not done, but it is encouraging to see that other people are, you know, feeling discouraged, you know, by betting whether I won't make it or I'll lose. So I must be headed in the right direction. And I trusted the Lord when he said I was going to do it anyways. Especially when these things started happening. You know, supernaturally, things I could have never dreamed or imagined just start happening. You know, all that's happened, I can't doubt, I can't, I can never doubt my father again. You know, maybe I still will and I, I pray that I don't. But the Lord said I remind him of Solomon. So I pray that one day she don't look back in that mirror and I've, you know, accomplished my destiny and I've become everything I've been called to be, but I turn back on God. Or I started worshiping false gods like Solomon did and somehow she still ends up, you know, right or wrong, depending on, as I've said, what she rooted for. Of course, my downfall, but I'm saying like maybe she's thinking I'm wrong. I'm wrong if I'm thinking, you know, she gon' she gon' she's gonna succeed, or I'm wrong if she, if I'm or I'm right if I'm thinking that she won't. I don't know, or vice versa. But um, anyways, like I'm just thinking about this stuff, and I know it's easy. It's easy to you know want to hate white people for what they had done, but. You know, another personal experience, which also, you know, is, is it calls for discernment is the fact that throughout this process, millions of people, millions of people stepped on me. Maybe it ain't them. It's the witchcraft that's on all of us. It's the control, the false sense of power from this demon witch and the control she's had on all of our minds and hearts. Excuse me. But my stepbrother, I started to blame him and judge him. I thought because I used to hear about him doing witchcraft in the room, and they used to say, he's doing witchcraft on you, he's doing witchcraft on you, that he was responsible for what had happened. But I knew that it was impossible. It became impossible when I realized it was upwards to millions involved in the situation. You know, how could he have involved millions of people into witchcraft? But you never know. Sometimes things get big and big and bigger and bigger until they way out of hand. But um, I thought it was my stepbrother. And for a while, I had blamed him. And I wanted him to suffer. I really blamed him. I said so many harsh, messed up things about him. And I even, you know, felt almost in a to a certain extent. As if I was better than them. But when it came down to it, when everybody was willing to see me dead or die, and never see me, you know, and I and and, and move on with their lives, 
He vouched for me. He vouched for my character. He said she would have died for anybody. I know who she is. I know her. And he said, I know because he would too. And so he fought for me and the Lord had me dub him as my knight. In the spirit, I seen me fully armored up. And he was in like, he, he got down to one knee. And I dubbed him as my knight. And so I know I'm a queen. Barty knew that. But, um, because I had a castle and a kingdom the Lord had given me. But, um, maybe that's why, you know, a friend that I had said, are you of royal descent? You're the, and, and God said, she's the heir. And he said, I want you, I want to allow you to squander your inheritance. And I see my, I seen a mansion in heaven. And I had a castle. I saw my castle. It was gorgeous. The entire kingdom the most beautiful horizon and a, a wonderful horse that was extremely smart and my best friend. Castle full of spirit, wonderful spiritual gifts that God had given me and God dwelling above me at all times. Everything, my everything. Never doubted in him. Extremely confident in him and never worried for one second. Believing in his truth at all times because he never tells a lie. Waiting for my prophecy to be fulfilled. And now it is. So, I know it doesn't look, it doesn't look like these things are possible or happening right now. Or that they could happen. Especially for somebody like me and where I've come from. And the life that I've lived. But Jesus came from on high, heaven and the sky. As the son of God, he came here born to a virgin. And he lived here as a humble, homeless servant. And he died on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. And he's a revolutionary. And today, everybody in the world knows who he is. Not only that, they are being saved because of who he is. So you can be anybody in anything, and it doesn't matter what you look like or where you come from. Also, something to remember. A prophet is accepted every place but his own hometown. 